Did we have enough donuts? Mary Jane, did we have enough donuts? Okay. No? I'll let one of you have two today. Amen. Let's, let's stand up. Um, we're going to worship. I want to thank all of you for supporting Reverend John last week. Did you enjoy him? And uh, he'll be coming back. He's, he's the real deal. And thank you for sowing seed into his ministry. I know he was blessed. Amen. Amen. Oh, God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips.
consecrate and dedicate our lives, our hearts to you this day. That you would be glorified in our thoughts, our words, our actions. Jesus, our King, ruler of everything, we honor you this day in this house. Be glorified and be exalted. God's people said, Jesus. Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now just stay hooked up because we both have something to say today. Amen. If you have your Bibles, open to Deuteronomy chapter 8. We're going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings first, and then I'll do the announcements. Everybody here should know the story of Moses and how he parted the Red Sea and led the children of Israel out of bondage in Egypt. And then we come to Deuteronomy. After they were out, you know, they wandered in the desert for 40 years. And then the book of Deuteronomy is basically God using Moses to give the final directives before they go into the promised land. So they had been waiting and waiting and waiting for change, and now they were on the doorstep. And so he's giving them instructions. And in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18... He goes through, If you, re, you can read this all on your own at some point. And he's talking about the blessings of obedience and making sure to remember the Lord your God. In verse 11 it says, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes. Lest when you have eaten and are full and built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up, do not forget the Lord your God. And then he goes on in verse 18, and he says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power, or that can be translated ability, or wealth. So he who gives you power, ability, and wealth to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to his fathers as it is this day. What Deuteronomy is, is the preparation for change. And he's preparing them for change. And the thing is, God fed them with, with manna and quail all these 40 years. And now what he's telling, there's going to be a change coming and you're going to enter into that promised land and most likely you're going to come to wealth. But the thing with change is, is it requires more responsibility. It requires moving forward. It requires a little different thinking. And 
So he's telling them, I have given you this ability. You can do this, but don't forget when it all works out good, it was for me all along. And so I believe, you know, that we're right. At, we're some days, I don't know how you feel. I, there's so much change going on and it's such rapid fire. I feel like it can hardly keep up with it. Then 30 minutes later, I'm over here and I'm thinking, is everything ever going to change? It's like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And it's the difference between the spirit, there's so much going on spiritually, and the flesh that just wants to, okay? So we have to realize, and we need to stay over here in the spiritual part. And you never want to get ahead of God. You want to be in God's timing. And so, but we need to do this. We need to realize there's going to be changes. There's going to be more responsibility, more commitment, more of these things. But it's going to be good because it's going to usher in these good things. So just realize that the you shall remember the Lord your God when you bring your tithes, when you bring your offerings. For it is he who gives you the ability. And there's people here with all kinds of ability, and that's God-given. And so we need to step more and more and more into that, that he might establish his covenant. That's the whole purpose of the whole thing, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So um, we'll receive this morning's tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get you an envelope. But once again, we want to thank you. We blessed uh, Reverend Tash last week. Uh, He went away blessed. Um, and somebody asked today about offerings. We don't always just say we have this need, this need, and this need. But as we are preparing for what's coming, we're doing some work on the property. Uh, if you noticed, our water is turned off out here. We've got to get new water softeners and filter systems. We're getting some electrical work done. We're finishing up getting the south building ready so that's more functional and usable. So if you have offerings in the future, you can just put it down under building pledge and it will go for that. But otherwise, this morning we are receiving your tithes and offerings and ushers. You may go ahead and receive those. Now, can you multitask? While they are doing that, I've got a couple announcements. We gave you the book, Harvest, and I think most everybody should have that by now. That was a gift from the church to you. There's mine. Um, but I've ordered a couple more books. Kenneth Hagen wrote this book, How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. I think, other than the Bible, it is probably one of the best books ever written. And it just goes how you can hear from God and follow after God. Now, I can't give you all these. These are 1650. And then people have asked what study Bible I use. And I have used this. I I love it. It's the Spirit-Filled Life Bible. It is hard to get in this form anymore. But I ordered a few of them, and they're big. They're not what you're going to carry to church, but it's they're what you're going to put on your desk or your table and study. But it has the best... Translations, it's called Word Wealth, Word Explanations, Kingdom Dynamics, How It Applies, has great concordance, it has answers, questions in the back, all kinds of things. It is a wonderful Bible, but like I said, they're getting hard to get, and it's $40. So I do have some of these, and I have some of how you can be led by the Spirit of God. Um, if you're interested in those, I have them, and you can get, get them from me. Um, then just as far as announcements, this Tuesday at 6 is Patriots United. Um, 
the thing with Nebraska, Nebraskans are such good people that we, that we tend to be naive and we think this can't happen here. But it's happening here and part of the reason is because we've been so naive. And there's a lot of things in our election system that's way off whack. Like I said, I looked into the registrations and you can, there used to be a deadline so they could, that, that registration, they could, it could be accountable. It could be checked up on. And now you can register up till the day of the election. So they could ship in 10,000 people to Madison County the day before the election. And that just doesn't seem right to me. And so there's going to be Tuesday night, uh, go over some of that stuff and, and, and bring that to light. That's Tuesday night. S- Wednesday night at seven o'clock. Of course, that's the most important. We pray to take help take care of all these things. And then on Tuesday, April 12th at the county courthouse, the county commissioners are having a meeting at nine 30 in the morning and they are the ones that are responsible for accountable elections in this county. So they're going to be bringing that up because what has happened is now that our votes are counted electronically and, and there's chips in these machines made in China. They need to be counted manually like they always used to do. It can be done. And so if you can go on Tuesday April 12th to the courthouse. They just want a lot of people there so that the county, our, I think our county commissioners are very reasonable and I think they listen to our people, but we've got to show up. So that is 9.30, Tuesday, April 12th at the county courthouse. I think they'll be moved back in there and it will be in the county, wherever the county commissioners meet. One more thing. We have two things back on the counter to sign up for. Um, one is for a petition that they would make voting, it has, you have to show an ID to vote, which that should be standard. And then the other one is, um, school board that we replace or re, revamp the state school board. And I think that's very important, but I think you have to be a Madison County. Madison County, but if you haven't signed them, sign Yeah, if you haven't signed those, sign those. If you are a resident of Madison County, if you live somewhere else, you're gonna have to, Drum that up yourself. Sorry. One more thing. I'm sorry. Is next week Palm Sunday? Next week is Palm Sunday. Right. Like I said, it's going so fast. Anyway, uh, we will have communion next Sunday for service, and then we will have a special service on Easter morning. It's at 10 o'clock, but we'll have special music and a special service for that. So next Sunday is communion. Joking, lighten up. Um, I've told you before, in the days ahead, every service will be different, which is all right with me. And we want to be led by the Holy Spirit, so we're all in this together. And uh, we need to work together. And we need to be respectful of the Holy Spirit in each other. Now, the one thing about being a pastor shepherd or shepherd leader is, you know, I look to the Holy Spirit. And so you need to pray for your pastors. And because 
I pray I want the Holy Spirit to orchestrate the service and direct the service. And it's going to be different in the days ahead. And, and when the anointing increases, and it is increasing, and it's going to increase even more. And uh, the anointing can affect people differently. What to do with Samson? Remember that story? You know, the, the anointing affects people differently. And a lot of times if you're young in the Lord and inexperienced, you don't know what the anointing is. It's the power of God that brings healing and deliverance and answers. And, and so sometimes we'll react instead of respond. As believers, we need to learn how to respond to the Holy Spirit and not react and I can, I can, I'd really have, I'd like to have a little wildfire and, you know, it's better than no fire. So I will put up with things as we get new people in, you know, they might react and respond to the anointing because they don't understand it. So don't judge them, but ultimately, God has put me here to lead especially in a service. And I, I, I'm prayed up and I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So you don't need to be offended with me if I say, no, no, Amen. that's not God. That's Amen. flesh. Amen. Be sensitive. And, and this is not an hour to get offended with your spiritual leadership. It's an hour to pray for your spiritual leaders. And say, so we're not perfect. There's not one perfect pastor. There just isn't. Because we're human beings. We do the best that we can. So, in the days ahead, be sensitive. You know, that worship today, I mean, I'm just so proud of our worship team. You know, since the women have come, there's been anointing. <laughs> oh, laugh, laugh. He's the leader, I know that. But it brings the anointing. And, and as I was listening the other day to some minister, how the anointing is going to increase in the days ahead. I'm very structured in my messages. I, I go through. Um, I don't read a sermon. But I have a lot of information. And in the days ahead, I might not be able to give it all. So I have to learn to back up and allow the Holy Spirit to do what He wants. You know, an hour sermon, I've never been, preached an hour. You know, I think 40 minutes is enough. That's stretching it because your attention span. But uh, in the days ahead, you know, it might be 10 minutes. We might spend the whole morning worshiping. You know, you might have to sit there and listen to me, you know, for 45 minutes. Who knows? But I'm just telling you all this to come expecting God and, and be sensitive to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Now, I'm going to give you this. I had a message, and, but I want, to, I want to share this. And if I get into it, I'll, this won't take long, and I'll give you part of my message. I won't give it all to you, but I'm going to have to unhook for the next couple Sundays because of, you know, um, Palm Sunday and Easter. We want to concentrate on Jesus, which we should every week. But then we'll pick up where we left off. I want you to look in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. This is not my sermon. <laughs> So, like I said, if I get on this, I, I won't give you all my other sermon. Amen? I'll be sensitive to your time. I want, I want you to understand something. Especially the last couple weeks, 
I said something that last, I'll, I'll bounce things off at Kathy and I'll say, how, what, how have you been feeling? What have you been thinking? And uh, I shared with, with her that I have felt, maybe it's, maybe it's just me, but tremendous spiritual warfare. Thoughts. Strange thoughts. Now, how many of you have ever, just in the last few weeks, have just had to battle your thoughts? Let me see your hands. Well, if the rest of you haven't, then get saved. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 10. This is the Bible. I've had this. One. Uh, this is my spirit life, life Bible. Oh, I love this Bible. I'm going to read something out of it to you. But I, I want you to understand something. And In fact, in John 8, verse 44, Jesus said in regarding the devil, he says, For he is a liar and the father of it. Say the devil. The devil. He's, a liar. He's a liar and the father of it. And where the battle takes place is up here. And you can get thoughts, oh, you'll never get the promotion. You'll never get your healing. Your wife really hates you. I send strange, weird thoughts. You'll get, you'll get squirrely thoughts. What? Can I, can I just share that? No, that's all right. I'm gonna do that. He's a good boy. Not the other night, though. No. But you're going to get thoughts. Fiery darts. And you better know where they come from and where they originate. Because if you don't, you'll begin to entertain those thoughts. And before long, you'll be able you'll to speak those thoughts. And pretty soon, you're going to start believing those thoughts. As a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. So in 2 Corinthians 10, it says in verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, are fleshly, but mighty in God. That's what I want you to see this. For pulling down strongholds. Say strongholds. strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing, bringing every thought. Say that. Every thought. Say it once more. Every thought. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. One translation, I think it's in the message, I wrote it down. It says, every loose thought and emotion and impulse. Have you ever heard the word impulsive? <laughs> Every loose thought. You mean you can have some loose thoughts? Oh, yeah. Loose thoughts. Got any emotions? Any impulses? 
We're supposed to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Because the Bible says in Ephesians 4 verse 27, do not give place or do not give ground or do not give opportunity to the devil. And when we entertain thoughts that are contrary to the truth, we're giving ground to the devil. Look at Matthew 6, 31. One more scripture. I'm saying this today because I believe the, the Holy Spirit wanted to, you to realize you're dealing with thoughts. And the way that he attacks is, is, is through thoughts, fiery darts. If you've got children or grandchildren that aren't living for God and are prodigals, then you'll have thoughts, oh, they'll never come to Christ. They'll never get saved. They'll never come back to, to God and back to the local church. Well, he's a liar. And so that's why you have to recognize and discern that. Do preachers get thoughts? Oh, yeah, I get thoughts. Sure I do. I'm just like you. But as we grow and mature in God, we should get to the point in our spiritual walk. We recognize those thoughts aren't from God. And that we have a responsibility to do something with those thoughts. I like this in in Matthew 6.31. It says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry. Worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, the King James doesn't say worry. What's it say? Thoughts. Take no thoughts. So if you're here today and the devil's telling you something that doesn't line up with his word, with the truth, then do something about it. Use the name of Jesus. Invoke the blood of Jesus. Now, I've got to read this, and I forgot to do this. I want to um, read this out of my Bible. And she mentioned this, this particular version has what they call kingdom dynamics that are so good. And in my Bible, it says, Strongholds are first established in the mind. That is why we're to take every thought captive. Behind a stronghold is also a lie. A place of personal bondage where God's word has been subjugated to any unscriptural idea or personally confused belief that is held to be true. Like, you could be listening to the devil tell you nothing's going to change in this nation. Nothing's going to change with our government. Nothing's going to change with the White House. It's a lie. Behind every lie is fear. Behind every fear is an idol. Idols are established wherever there exists a failure to trust in the provisions of God that are ours through Jesus Christ. Some of the weapons that pull down these strongholds, now listen, are God's Word. Say God's Word. The blood of the cross. And the name of Jesus. Strongholds are pulled down and confronted bondage is broken. 
as the spiritual weapons of our warfare are employed. So remember the Word of God, the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus. Don't be passive about it. Be aggressive. Somebody's trying to break into your house. Oh, come on in. Come on in. I've got coffee on. No. If that would happen at our house, God help that intruder. Because guns would be blazing. Then Zach down the street would be running down the street with his guns. There'd be no hope. We'd have to get the guy or woman saved. And then drag him inside the house. Amen. Amen. Your missionary Mike, Apostle Mike carries. Amen. Okay, enough said there. Now, um, now what do I do? Go on, okay. We'll go on just for a few more minutes. And, and uh, I, I told you we're on a series about the harvest to help you, the believer, develop a harvest mindset and to mobilize you to go and fulfill the Great Commission. I want, you, I want to read to you. In fact, I'm going to read it to you out of Matthew chapter 9. I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible. It says, Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands. I like that, harvest hands. Verse 35, I'm reading it out of the message, so if you just want to look up at me and not follow your Bible, that's fine. Jesus sent, <laughs> I do love my wife and she does love, loves me, but we're not your typical preachers, so, okay, we're human beings. Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out with this charge. Don't begin by traveling to some far off place to convert unbelievers and don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. That's good. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. You've been treated generously, so live generously. Now, if you were having a Bible study and somebody was raised from the dead in your Bible study, do you think anybody would be knocking on your door, Amber? And I'm going to tell you something, this. I was looking back at you. And I, I know you have your, you're doing a wonderful Bible study with, with what's her first name? Nancy Dufresne. And you're dealing about healing. So guard your backside. Because the enemy will come. And, and I look back because you, you raised your hand. There's nothing wrong with it. I, I need prayer once in a while for healing too. But just know how the devil works. He's a liar. You have authority. People come into your house. You use the name of Jesus. And you bind whatever's bound on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. It says, don't think you have to put on a fundraising campaign before you start. <laughs> you know how many times in the mail I've gone out there and other churches are asking for money? 
This church doesn't work that way. Never has, never will. We believe God. And God has always met all of our needs. He says, now listen to this. This is, what, this is good. If you're going to leave today with anything, listen to this. You don't need a lot of equipment. You are the equipment. And all you need to keep that going is three meals a day. Travel light. When you enter a town or a village, don't insist on staying in a luxury inn. Get a modest place, I like this, with some modest people. And be content there until you leave. When you knock on a door, be courteous in your greeting. If they welcome you, be gentle in your conversation. If they don't welcome you, listen, quietly withdraw. Don't make a scene. Shrug your shoulders and be on your way. You can be sure that on judgment day, they'll be mighty sorry, but it's no concern of yours now. Stay alert. This is hazardous. Hazard. Hazard. Help me. That's what it is. It's hazardous work I'm assigning you. You're going to be like sheep running through a wolf pack. Boy, I can't. Did you hear me? You're going to be like sheep running through a wolf pack, so don't call attention to yourselves. Be as cunning as a snake, inoffensive as a dove. That's just a little different slant on that. But that's who we are. So take heed. Amen? We're developing a, a harvest mindset. And I told you when I was a young, young, just getting started, I had a spiritual encounter, and the Spirit of God spoke, sooner than you think, must be prepared, no fear and strategy. And that's what we're tackling. That's what we're talking about. We've talked about the first directive, sooner than you think, which talks about time. We need to use our time carefully. Then we're talking about being prepared. So would you put that up for me, please, that you typed this morning? So I just skipped two pages today. So just take a breath. It'll be all right. He's looking at us. Okay, it's 11.02. Give me 15 minutes. Can you handle that? That didn't really sound. Can you handle that? Okay. No, not this. Oh, okay. I'll wait for you to do that. There are, we're talking about being prepared for the days ahead. And what I just said this morning before, this, before I got up here, you know, and, and started preaching and teaching is preparing you for the Holy Ghost and how He's going to move and how we should respond. That's part of preparation. So there is a, look in your Bibles to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. And uh, we'll just start this and then we'll pick up where I left off. How many remember the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000? It's the only story... Um, it's not a parable, but it, I mean, it happened, but it's, it's in each gospel. It's the only miracle that's really in each gospel. And there's different wording in each gospel, so you almost need to, to, to read it, read all four accounts. But, uh, I have you looking at Mark chapter 6 and verse 30, but there are, are some things, let me ask you this, do you think you could prepare for a miracle? Oh, yes. I think you could prepare and organize for a miracle. 
And you know that's really what we as a church are trying to do, is prepare for the days ahead, because there's miracles coming. And so there are basically seven things here, seven principles in this miracle account of feeding the 5,000 that, that we must, say Harvest Church must. Number one, see the sheep with no shepherd. You've got to have eyes to see people that need Jesus. Bottom line. Number two, raise up leaders who can assess the needs of people and make wise decisions. I can't make them all. You're going to have to, in the days ahead, be able to make a quality decision without running to pastor. Number three, recognize the next generation has something to offer. Did you hear that? The next generation. It's all in this miracle. Number four, you got to use what's available. Number five, learn to effectively organize and delegate. And we got to work on that. Got real quiet. We've got to learn as a church body how to organize and delegate. Number six, we need to pray. We're, we, we're doing that because prayer precedes the miraculous. And number seven, exercise good stewardship. Amen? So I want to read this to you. And we'll just go for a few minutes here. And this is the feeding of the 5,000. And it's in Mark chapter 6, verse 30. It says, And the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they taught. And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. I'm going to stop right there. And you look at me. We can't ever get too busy as harvest hands, that we don't take time to rest. And I, I have to heed that too, because I'm a goer. I'm a doer. But you've got to recharge your batteries. And even Jesus knew that, so he took his disciples aside. Guess what? It wasn't going to work out. Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while, for there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. But the multitude saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran there on foot from all the cities, plural. They arrived before them and came together to him and Jesus. I like this. And Jesus, when he came out, he saw what? A great multitude. And was moved with compassion for them. Because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. You and I can lift up our eyes and look at people. But just see them as people. But when Jesus came out and opened his eyes. There was something different. His heart was moved with compassion. How many of you... Have, have seen somebody, if you're at the grocery store, on the job, wherever, you saw someone and you knew they were hurting. And you want to reach out. I'm telling you right now, don't think twice about it. Stop what you're doing and go up to them and say, you look 
you know, you look like you're hurting, you look tired, is there something bothering you, you have something on your heart or troubling you, can I pray for you? That's your inroad there. You know, you don't need to, you know, pick them up and cast out the devil and, you know, tell them to scream, you need to get saved, you need Jesus. Just be sensitive to that individual. That's all I'm asking you to do. Amen? The miracle of feeding the masses is the only miracle recorded in all four Gospels and symbolized the meeting of human need. Sheep with no shepherd or with no leader, now listen, are lost, they're full of fear, and they're helpless. And in order for sheep, they should lie down in green pastures. They They have to be free from all fear. Free from friction with other sheep. That's what happens at churches. Sheep have friction with other sheep. And they get all mouthy and upset. It's, it happens to sheep. They don't like to rub up against other sheep. They need to be free from pests like flies and parasites. And then finally they need to be free from hunger. So in order for them to, li- to lie down in green pastures, you've got to... Make sure these, these things are taken care of. Only the shepherd leader can provide the sheep with these four freedoms. Now, this miracle in Mark chapter 6, the miracle of supernatural provision, is prophetic of today and the people who are out, who are out there that are lost. Are they full of fear? Are they worrying about the future? Are they confused? Are they spiritually hungry whether they know it or not? They don't need a religious denomination. Now, I'm going to tell you something right up front here. What makes this church different than other churches? This is not a board-run church. Now, some of you want to get up and leave, you can get up and leave. Now, I have an advisory board. We have... Two lawyers, the Alvin brothers, that helped us with set our salary. We're accountable. But I don't go to a board and ask them, should we get involved with Patriots United? Because I'll guarantee you there's boards out here now that won't allow their preacher or church to get involved. The church is not... It's a theocracy. Did you hear what he said? The church is not a democracy. It's a theocracy. It's God ruled. God speaks to the shepherd directly and tells him how to shepherd the sheep. That shepherd, we're accountable. Some days I just put it, it's, it's overwhelming that I'll stand before God. You won't. I will. And I want to hear some good praise music in the background and <laughs> angels singing the praises of Harvest Church. <laughs> I don't want him saying, go sit in back, I'll deal with you later. <laughs> it's an awesome responsibility to shepherd sheep. There are people out there and they don't need a denomination. 
They don't need a Hollywood preacher. And I'll guarantee you, we're not Hollywood preachers. We wouldn't last three minutes in Hollywood. Does that mean we got a still in the back of the church? It's called holy water. We're grassroots and always have been and always will be. They don't need a denomination. They don't need a Hollywood preacher. They need Jesus, bottom line. Harvest Church in the days ahead must be able. You, I'm talking to you. I'm referring to me also. We must be able to locate and see these lost sheep. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm being real. If you're new to church, you're going to find out I'm very bold and blunt. So bring the can of Band-Aids in. We do not rob sheep from other churches. You do not go to other churches. Oh, we're doing this. We're doing, you need to come to our church. You better not be doing that. But you know why? Because as a young minister, I was growing up and and I saw it happen. And it's not right. It's not integrity. You do not take sheep from other sheep pens. You raise up your own sheep. Now, if they decide they're going to quit church, that's fine. That's their decision. But I'm not going to coerce them into doing that. I'm not going to manipulate them in doing that. I had one time, I had one minister come up here. We had this new person on, this is before you, come up was working, praying or singing and working on the, the praise team. And that minister came up like this at the end of the service and hugged this individual. And before long, guess where that individual was? That's not ministerial ethics. You never know what you're going to get here. It's shotgun today. <laughs> Harvest Church in, the, in these days ahead must be able to see these lost sheep. That's 11.14. I'm not bad. Okay, counting down now. I said 11.15. They don't need a religious, religious denomination or Hollywood preacher. The bottom line, they need Jesus. Harvest Church, I'm going to end with this today, this statement. And I didn't even get into the message. Harvest Church in the days ahead must, it's an imperative, must be able to see these lost sheep, discern their spiritual and physical needs, And then minister the love and compassion of Jesus Christ to them. If we do that, we will see miracles. Bottom line. Amen? Oh, so much. My next category was this. How's your eyesight? Can you see him? Stand up today. I'd say this. I'm so, so glad my preachers, not long-winded. You know what? We could have quit after worship because all the attention was on our commander-in-chief, Jesus. Father, today I pray 
And I begin by thanking you, Holy Spirit, for quickening to us this day the spiritual truths that we need to walk out the door with about keeping our minds renewed, about dealing with spiritual strongholds and casting down vain imaginations and invoking the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and the Word of God. But today, Father, that first thing we talked about, seeing the sheep out there in Norfolk and northeast Nebraska that do not have a shepherd, I pray, Lord God, our spiritual eyes be opened to see them. And then I pray for courage and boldness, compassion and sensitivity to reach out to them and minister love to them. Thank you, Father. You're raising up an army in this place to be doers of the word and not hearers only. I declare and decree the heart's of the people of Harvest Church. Every member's heart is softened, full of the love and compassion of Jesus Christ for a lost humanity. So, Father, we thank you today. You're not sending us out without the spiritual equipment. We have the Holy Ghost, the gifts of the Spirit. And I thank you, Lord, signs, wonders, and miracles. Follow this body of believers in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, he's right. He's right. Amen. 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 <coughs> well, we rambled a lot today, but it was all right. Amen. I sure love you. Tell your neighbor you love him. I don't need to pray for the sick because we use the name of Jesus. Amen. Make sure about Patriots United on Tuesday. They're already chattering. Oh, okay, goodbye. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>